All right. Hey, it's Saturday morning. This is Buddy's owner, Arizona Schnoodlewalk. And it's a sunny December 14th in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm about to walk the bud. And I decided this podcast was going to be called The Last Episode. Yeah. Yep. This is going to be the last episode. And that might have grabbed your attention. Like, could this really be the last episode of this amazing journey, this amazing series of Walking Bud? Can it really be the last episode? And what what's going to happen to Bud? It's a cliffhanger, right? If... If this is the last episode, does that mean that Buddy will never get a walk again? What's going to happen to poor Bud? Well, let me explain. And uh, welcome to the podcast. So what I've realized is I need to focus, right? This is a weakness. I'm not a disciplined person. I've got something to say. And it's been uh, difficult to get it done. And I don't even know if this revision, third round, it's got to be getting better. Okay, so I have a level of confidence on that. But I notice that I am a person that gets distracted. My brain is running too fast. It's just, this is who I am. I don't know why, but that's who I am. So it's about nine o'clock in the morning. I'm going to walk the bud. You know, it's going to take about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And then I got to get down to writing. It's Saturday. It's beautiful. I'm going to be alone. And I just got to start writing. Got to get this done. And if you're a writing coach, you're like, oh yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a breakthrough. It's, it's my writing rhythm. It's me. Everyone's different. And that's probably what coaching is all about is like, it's tough because you got different athletes or different people where this is not athletic, physical uh, venture. It's a mental thought, physical writing, words, venture, right? So if I was running, if I was getting coaching on a marathon, let's say, to run a marathon, it's like, well, dude. Did you run three times this week? And, you know, and you sort of feel it in your body like, okay, I didn't run three, four, five times a week. And you bring you know, put a schedule out and you have a commitment. Okay. Going to get out there and run. My coach is checking in on me. Yeah. You run it. You run it. <clears throat> and uh, you got to put in the time. So, so why do I call this the last episode? Well, I think I probably distract myself on these podcasts. I mean, they're helpful for me to work out my thoughts, process. But what happens quite often is I'm continuing in the distraction mode. Um, So it's like self-discovery here. Um, Because I like to talk. I'm on a Gaussian curve. I'm probably an outlier on talking. But here's the thing about Gaussian curves, distributions, 
characteristics. We're all different. Uh, one of the issues is, is if, you know, whatever your outlier in, like I have a lot of energy to talk, right? So I probably just wear people down. And I confuse people. So that's where this comes in. I'm getting feedback. I don't understand it, right? So like, I guess apparently like I confuse people. And as I was explaining, you know, my wife and I are having some good conversations because I'm finally, I don't know if it's finally, but I'm kind of like, I want to get feedback, you know, and I want to get better. And to me, it's, that's through conversation. She's not a talker, right? So I'm like on a distribution curve. I'm like way out there. I'm talking. And she's not. So, I mean, like to me, I look, she might be average. She might even be above average on talking. But to me, since I'm way, way out there, it's just not enough, man. I like, I need, I need to be around talkers. And the people that aren't talkers are like, what the fuck? These people can't shut the hell up, man. And so that's the distribution. So confusing me. So I'm like, okay, I get it. And and my wife's kind. She's like, well, yeah, you're. She's starting to get me or understand me a little more too. And this is the feedback I get in analysis too with a strategic thinker person. Is, you know, they admit that this that one of the blind spots for people that think strategically brainstorm ideate is that people don't follow you. So that's where the confusion comes in. It's like, I, I hear what you're saying. I see you're making some kind of connection here, but I don't, I don't see that kind of connection. So that's where writing comes in. Because writing's forcing me to slow down and explain what I'm doing. So in the middle, so something triggered me again that I, I'm easily triggered. And when I say triggered, it's not into an anger mode. I'm triggered into a, a blabbing, got to talk it out mode. So think, so if I get triggered, that means, doesn't mean I'm like pissed, angry, all this kind of, although it may present itself that way. When I get triggered, I'm like, oh, what? Oh, problem's got to be solved. What? Let's talk it out. You know, well, you know, let's talk about this issue. What is that really what's going on? Is that really the problem? Oh, triggered. Boom. Problem. Oh, talk it out. Is that really the case? What is that? Is that really the conclusion? But it seems like it's still open. It's not done. It's not closed. It's an open issue. It's, it's a, it's a problem, but it's not, it's not really resolved. So what do we do? What do we do? Oh, you know, it engages my brain to look for a solution. And it's like, I'm not, I don't need to solve every solution. I have my, my own thing. And in a previous podcast I listened to, um, this woman worked through the, what she described it as, is this mine to do? That's how she describes it. So she asked the question like, okay, I see this is in front of me. I have an opportunity to engage with it. And for me, engaging with something is to let it take up space in my brain. And I'm finally probably realizing that 
there's really not that much space in my, my brain as as vast as I think it might be because I'll let stuff into my head and then they toss around and I toss it around. I try to find a solution. So what's what's something that I've done already? So this morning I've got my phone and it's already nine in the morning and I have intentionally not looked at Facebook, Twitter, email, anything. And that's like major for me, you know? Like some, again, an outlier, some of you probably it's like, no, that's no big deal. You, you have a lot more self-control than that. But I get my brain triggered on things because I want to use my brain, right? I want to brainstorm. I want to try to solve problems. I want to think things out. That's, I, that's where I'm energized. And not only that, I like to talk, extrovert, engage with people. But what, what's the end result of all that? I don't know. I mean, I feel energized. It's, I feel like I've done something. I may have contributed to something. I may tell myself, well, I, you know, I listened to the person. I got engaged with their issues. And you know, I think they appreciated the body language and stuff. Or the person seemed to appreciate the discussion. But a lot of other people aren't wired like I am, so. They want to put things into action, physical action or, or something. And I'm wired a little different, more theoretical. So does that make me a bad person? No. It's like I'm, I'm called here to discuss something else. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising I'm called to discuss something or talk about something. But um, yeah, so I, I'm smoking when I'm selling. So I'm reading First John 3 this morning. And one of the things that have always bothered me is this, I feel virtue signals. I feel like people saying this is the ultimate way to be a Christian is to do this, do that. It's all activities. And John sums it up with if you love God, you know, if you're going to just listen, follow his commandments. Well, that that is a dangerous passage or verse to pull out of scripture because spiritual leaders or people that have, we respect or consider leaders, and we say, well, they're you know, telling us that we should do this. And, uh, and so that's, is that, is that a command of God? And it's like, well, I don't know. What does the John say? It says two things. There's only two things in these commands. One is to believe Let's say, morning. Hi, good morning. You want to pet him? I'm holding him. See? His name's Buddy. Oh. She's cute. How old is she? Almost two and a half. Two and a half. Are you visiting? No, we actually live here. Good, good. 
two and a half, so it's time for you to walk. Yeah. A little tough, huh? Yep. It's hard for her to walk, yeah. He's not He's got a nose. Look at that tail. <laughs> oh, God. buds! Are you growling, buds? Bye bye. Bye bye. You're welcome. So do I pat myself on the back for pausing to just love someone, you know, just walking by a little two and a half year old girl who I hadn't seen out here before. Of course, that's probably not that surprising because two and a half doesn't look like she can probably walk very far. You know, I mean, they have short legs, short legs. She's probably like two feet tall. I don't know. <laughs> and walking down the street. So that's the commandments right there. It's that simple. And yet, dang, this is, I'm sure I'm an outlier on like drinking the Kool Aid, being influenced by other people. And it hasn't help me but and yet who's letting me down because they give the impression that you got to do all this special stuff you know you gotta you know like my dad my dad said 88 years old did i do enough i mean do we want is that how we're supposed to live and yet that's how our religious leaders influence us and they don't, I guess they don't really realize it. Did I do enough? Is that, that's not even the message. And yet, that's after 88 years of being around religious leaders. That's the message my dad got. And I'm sure he's not alone in that. Because I think we all feel that. Did I do enough? And uh, I do it. It's not about doing enough. Yeah. So I would say my dad had faith. And to the best of his ability, he loved people. That's pretty much it. Right? And uh, it's 
So yeah. Yeah. So um, because I get triggered, and, and that's such a trendy phrase. For me, trigger just means distracted. And maybe that's what everybody else says it too, but I think triggered a lot of times means it pumps up your anger level or your fight or flight. That It's more of a fight. If you get triggered, you usually, you, know, you, you don't go into a flight mode. You go into a fight mode. <laughs> At least that's what I do. I'm pretty, I mean, I, and I think if I see, if someone goes, oh, he's triggered, you know, usually because they're fired up about something and they're going to argue. So what else happened? Well, part, I mean, it's sort of integrated. I mean, I'm, I connect in all kinds of ways, right? So as my wife says, what's the connection? Well, so there's a, there's a guy kind of, that was teaching in Chicago church that I respected, both the, the original guy and the new guy that was taking his place. And they had a scandal that happened a couple of years ago. And I'm in Phoenix, so it's not local to me. I'm pretty thankful. You know, I don't have to deal with it. It's not like it's not like I have to drive down the street and think about it because I see signs or I'm reminded. And this is where I get triggered. So I got triggered last night in a um, tweet from the guy that I respect a lot. And he's just referencing the situation from a couple years ago. And, and I'm curious about how it's all going to play out. It's still, I mean, as of now, the dude is a bad, there's a bad dude involved that did some bad things and covered it up and, you know, it's not pleasant and he's an older guy now. And because of that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to the people, you know, and I listened and there's definitely wrongdoing here. It's definitely wrongness. And then there was a general guy who spoke for like 30 minutes about this general issue of abuse in churches. And there's a little bit of male privilege here, of course. And, uh, you know, males, male privilege is a little bit of like, it tends not to, it tends to be more frequently, the victims are more frequently women in these things. And I don't have a solution to it. And I don't think anyone does, but they seem to want to have a solution. And I don't know if there really is a possible way to do it. Um, it's just that is the nature of man to be, to have failings. 
and we all wish it wasn't that way. And uh, and yet I struggle with the idea that I think the guy had a lot of good things to say. And now I feel like I can't reference his works, you know, his writings or teachings or it's not even teachings, I would say, because it all goes back into the scripture and the spirit of God and what he reveals to people. And some people just communicate what's written in a way that, that we can connect the dots with and take action on, such as loving the brethren. So I read the two commandments are to have faith, that we're forgiven, and then love people. So I listened to three speakers talking about this subject because I'm interested in it. And that's why I'm saying I'm not going to go on Twitter now for a while. I have to I have to pull away from social media because I have something to do and it's related to blinders. I've been I've been I hear this stuff that comes into my head. I got to put blinders on and finish what I'm called here to do. And I just know that part of that started with some of the teachings of this guy who's now like disgraced. And he wrote a book called Holy Discontent. And it makes sense to me that he's saying, like, that's our, what are we called here to do? It's not, he doesn't use that terminology, but you're called here to do something because you have a pain that also um, God probably is pain, painful about. And we can enter into that holy calling, the holy discontent in this case, it's called. So it's, it's been named. There's the name for it, holy discontent. So what upsets you, probably, you can ask yourself, does, does this, this what, what, what upsets you, does it upset God? And more than likely, it does. And does everybody see it the way you do? No. Because it's not their holy discontent. It's your holy discontent. So that framework, I guess I'll, I'll just, because I don't want to reference the guy because he's controversial. And it triggers people. The concept is valid. I have a discontent for religious leaders. <laughs> it sounds kind of nutty, but it, it's it's hard to put your finger on because they teach. Some of them have some great teachings, right? And yet, that's where my black slices comes in. Is we all have some kind of black slice. And God's not calling us to follow a religious leader, although we that's the easiest thing to do is like get comfortable 
You know, you get a dynamic, charismatic pastor and you listen. But it's the the Monday through Saturday living, and even Sunday, really. It's the everyday living, where those leaders can only point you in a certain direction. And that's where they're not doing enough of coaching to say, dudes, we got to take this up ourselves. So I could go listen to a sermon on a Sunday morning and a guy could eloquently say, yeah, 1 John 3, verses 20 and 21 say, if you love me, you follow my commandments, which are to have faith and love people. So, you know, a a, uh, pastor could preach on that for 30 minutes and I'm captivated and I'll come up with some, some words and if they're really good at public speaking and walk away and I'm influenced. But because I didn't do it, I didn't read that. I didn't um, think on a Saturday morning to do that. It's, it's, it's not as it's not what's it's not going to stick with me as much unless I do it. If I just listen to somebody else talk about it, and it's just okay. I associate that instruction with the guy, right, or the gal, whoever's teaching it, and we're all just conduits. Right? We're just. Conduit meaning we're uh, would let it flow through this truth, if you will, or goodness flowing through us. So the reluctance to be out there, the danger of being seen as the leader, but uh, it's, it's more of a a guide, a coach is my preferred framework. And that word, that that concept wasn't as well established back when the texts were written, the coaching coaching aspect. But I think that's the preferred framework for spiritual leaders to communicate in and to to move towards a not a knowledge exchange, right? A personal action exchange or and I would say it's the love implementing knowledge into a love activity loving people and uh so yeah that's a challenge and uh so i gotta write the last episode so this is my last episode because i'm I'm just going to pause. I don't know how long it's going to be, the last episode. In my gut, I'll probably do it all day. 
knowing my undisciplined nature, I'll make a commitment to not doing a podcast until I get, let's say, to 40,000 words, right? So it's like, it's like a little bit of a motivator, right? I'm putting out a motivator to like get to 40,000 words. Then I might do that in a few days, in which case I might do a podcast. I might even get to 20,000 words and reward myself and come back on here and say, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, that was the last episode, but it's no longer the last episode. Because <laughs> I don't want to, I mean, think about it, right, for motivational, I'm trying to motivate myself, right? So I won't do another episode unless I make progress, significant progress. And by that, I mean, I know I need to get to like 50,000 words on this thing. So if I don't get to 25,000 in the next couple of days, then I probably won't. If I get to 25,000 in two days from now, three days from now, I'll probably come do another podcast. So it's kind of my self-motivation commitment to myself to get going with my holy discontent, my what I'm here called here to do. And maybe I should try to summarize with this in this clarity concept. And it's developing, it's I'm getting more and more clear. So essentially the message is we all have to walk in the spirit. And much like I just read this morning, it's not that difficult. It sounds like impossible. Like what, what, that's so vague. Like what, walk in the spirit, what? You're like, you know, he's like, you're like uh, really freaky, dude. Like that, you can't, how do you put your finger on that? And I'm saying, well, I think it's in there. I think it's all in there. And there's other stuff in there too, like make sure you cover the women, cover their heads in church, which we ignore for the most part, which is okay. Cause I think that's probably okay to ignore that. <laughs> but you should still read it. Okay. So I'll make a commitment to read about women covering their head. It'll go on for 10 verses. And for me, it is humor, okay? So, and and who says that God has got a sense of humor? So when we get to heaven and, you know, someone's going to say, hey, uh, was that, was Paul, like, was that inerrant uh, word of God? And, you know, this, what's this stuff about the covering your head with women? And God will say, yeah, well, Paul was on a roll, man when he wrote that. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to interrupt him. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you mean? Is it inspired? Is it the inspired word of God? And God's going to say, yeah, yeah, it's inspired word of God. All right. He, for some reason, he, uh, he saw a bunch of women coming into church that didn't have their head covered. He felt like he got kind of pissed them off. So he decided to write that stuff down. So what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean? It's like, and, and Jesus is like, well, what's that to you, man? It's over with. We're in heaven. 
end. So it's over. All this fighting and reformation and getting right and having faith and the Baptist faith and message or the doctrines and the Vatican and all the papers and the robes and the candle burning and the statues and the very Virgin Mary statues and the, the worship and the burning and the candles, whatever, incense, uh, robes, I've said that already, but just all the, and all the studying and all the knowledge and all the Greek and all the Hebrew and all the, uh, all that stuff. It's been there the whole time, right? The spirit. And what are the commandments? They're not, the commandments are to go and make disciples. And if you're one of those people that love that, you're anchored on that. And it's like, do you realize that in order to get all spun up on go make disciples, that essentially you're ignoring the fact that there's a Holy Spirit that will guide people to do that. Paul just did it. He didn't even have Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And I know it blows people's minds when I tell them this. I think they have to hear it seven times. That we've... All right. Well, well, folks, I got the phone. And you probably won't tell from the sound the way these get spliced together. But I was actually interrupted for 20 minutes on this last episode. And it was an elder, a different elder. I don't really know very well. So we talked for 20 minutes. And it was good conversation. I'm not upset about that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just misunderstood, people. So guess what? Got to write a book about it, since no one to listen to. <laughs> so it's tempting to get distracted and say, "Oh no, all this stuff, it's all fine now. We love you, you know." And they'd probably do. Love is a tricky thing, right? What is love? You know, they have the love language. This guy talks about five love languages, but there's a lot of love, a lot of ways to communicate love. So I need to do my thing. And I'm already getting, even though I'm not on social media right now, and it's like I get a distraction, a phone call, text messages from my wife already. Uh, I already made a decision myself that I don't want to go to this German services tomorrow. And now I'm being influenced to do that, which usually takes four hours of my time. And I may end up doing it, but it's kind of a compromise. But I can fit in 20 hours easily this week. So maybe I'll compromise and be more flexible. I don't know. I just don't know. You know, so I'm back home with Bud. I got to do a little bit of technical work on the podcast to uh, make it presentable to you. And it is the last episode for a while. 
because I can't, it's hard for me to focus people and I got to. So if you get this, I want to come back. I want to be back. I have, I do have something to say, right? And, uh, and maybe it's all coming together. I don't know. So, there you go. So I'm back home, Bud's walked. It's 10 o'clock. I wanted to start writing soon. And hopefully I will. I got my coffee, where's my, get the sunglasses off because it's nice and sunny out there. I will orient myself in a few minutes and I'm gonna make a commitment to start writing within 30 minutes and see how far I can go. And this message needs to be done, edited and brought out. So there you go. Misunderstood, such a misunderstood fellow. Well, maybe I'm not speaking with clarity. I'm just not speaking with clarity and I get distracted by stuff. So that is the bottom. Is that the bottom line? I don't know if it's the bottom line. Is anything ever the bottom line? See, I can go philosophize about any freaking statement. And there's Bud looking at me. Bud, chill out, man. I'll just give you a walk. All right, so that was the last episode. And I don't know when I'll be back. And that's the processing I need to do. So I'm trying to eliminate distractions and quite possibly this podcast has become a distraction to me because it, you know, it takes my mind off in a certain direction. So I'm trying to work on discipline, discipline. So now what, what's, what was there for you? So whatever you're, it comes down to calling. I, if you're on a Gaussian curve and you're above average at discipline, well, you're blessed. Be thankful. There you go. <laughs> be thankful that you have discipline and you can do what you're called here to do and you have confidence going forward. I, unfortunately, am not in that zone. And I don't know, maybe, I, maybe I'll never get in that zone. Or maybe I will once I dial it down, niche it down, baby. Holy Spirit coaching. Holy Spirit coaching. You gotta do the exercises. And that's that's let me let me back up because I got interrupted. So for this is gonna help me clarify this for the next week or so while I finish writing. The message is we gotta walk in the spirit. Right? So that's nebulous. That's like what what how do you coach someone to like, okay, dude, walk in the spirit, right? Well, to me it starts with understanding the forest from the trees. We bark everything. And when I say bark, we look at, we deep dive in on parts of the bark. 
and even as I just read in in First John three, John summarizes it to just like have faith in God. He specifically says have faith in Jesus Christ, which is a lot easier in those days because it's so fresh in the mind. I mean, essentially, you know, Trump or I mean, uh, Jesus was the Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump of his day. And he died and he has a pretty interesting story, right? People are walking around going, did you hear about the dude that died? He got crucified. Yeah, he rose again, right? Oh, yeah. You sure about that? Yeah, I bet you that was a lot of water cooler talk about that during the time. So I kind of hesitate to say the first commandment is have faith in Jesus Christ because it's just, this, this people say Jesus Christ and it's just been such a word that kind of like, it's a barrier word. It's like, you just say the word, like when I said California the other day, it just it sends off thoughts. I don't know what you're doing with the, the Jesus Christ. He was just a dude, just a dude who happened to be God. <laughs> This is the deep theological podcast, <laughs> but it's authentic, right? Because like we don't live in those academic theology worlds. We we get tempted, but that's somebody else's. What do they call it? That's their other. That's their jive. Their what? Is, what is it? Their vibe. There's some hipster phrase, but a theologian, they're in their own world. And it's tempting to dabble in it and get interested in it, but you're going to get some knowledge. So anyways, the, when John wrote this letter, he, this is the topic. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't hard to like say, uh, who is this guy? Jesus Christ. Who is it? It's like everybody was talking about him. So the latest thing, the latest, the latest, right? Rose from the dead. Wow. And the spirit was making opening people's eyes and we are chosen to have faith a lot of us are chosen and we're just not living at a holy spirit level it's like it's there i know yeah i know you have faith but are you like are any of us like really top performing what does it mean is it does top performing mean standing up and and, and giving your knowledge about something or is it you know who can love the most, right? Not who has the most knowledge, right? Back to 1 Corinthians 13. Are you loving people to the most of your ability? And who do you compare yourself to? If you're saying like, well, I don't know if I'm loving to the most of my ability, best of my ability. So do you Gaussian distribution curve it? Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm probably low on the outward expression of love. I mean, I people probably think I'm arrogant. That's the impression I give, apparently. The perception is reality, man. I'm arrogant. But I have peace because there's 7 billion on the planet, and hopefully not everybody thinks I'm arrogant. <laughs> and if you want to laugh, you can say, oh, no, no, everybody, everybody thinks you're arrogant, man. <laughs> How can a guy chuckle and laugh and have a good time walking his dog, be arrogant, right? But nobody sees me doing that. Nobody sees me walking the dog, having fun, uh, doing my thing. So I would say, no, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. 
Do I have to prove it to anybody? Nah, God sees our hearts. So love others, love the brethren and the brethren. Just love people, love everyone always. And maybe I should start. That's where I'm kind of at, where I need to launch off from. And um, yeah, I think that's a good starting point for me to just go with the love everyone always thing. And it's been influential in my thinking. Thinking, right, in my head. Is it influential in my behaviors and how I behave? Somewhat, I think so. I think the way I interact with people and talk to people is loving. And I take that approach, you know. It's just like, just when I get controlling, when people try to control what I do. But we have to let some people have control and sometimes, I guess, so. So there you go. There's your deep thoughts for the last episode. And uh, I'm committed to get this writing done now. I got to do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then I, I hope it's good. I hope it's a great message and expresses what uh, God wants to express through me to others, to you. And so now I need grace and mercy to move forward. And the result of grace and mercy is going to be some peace. So there you go, folks. Have a great day. Be in suspense while you're waiting for the next, the next episode that is not really the last one anymore. Just uh, if it takes a couple days, if it's three days, four days, five days, Hopefully not a week. I hope to be back within a week to let you know about all the accomplishments that have been made. So I don't know when that is. So there you go. Have a great day.